Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about loading at end range of motion with our athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am joined by Lisa Russell, Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto, the physical therapy team at Champion PT Performance up in Boston. We are still at home in our self-quarantine, uh, closed, uh, non-essential business type scenario with COVID situation. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're still getting the message out there and I still think we're doing a great job educating via Zoom. So we're we're really fortunate to be able to have, you know, this technology and stuff. Imagine if this happened a few years ago, right? Like you guys wouldn't have any podcasts to listen to. <laughs> I sure. guess that's, that's not the end of the world. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, no, thanks. Thanks again for joining us during this crazy time. Hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. And uh, for this week's episode, we have a pretty cool question. I kind of like this one. Kind of excited to hear what Pope has to say. But Zach from Detroit asks, how, uh, oh no, excuse me. When dealing with athletes who have extreme range of motion demands for their sport, which is a lot of athletes, how do you go about loading them in their end ranges of motion? So great question, Zach. And heck, I, you know, it's you, you can't say that all athletes are hypermobile because that's certainly not true. We've all dealt with a lot of hypomobile athletes out there. But I do think athletes tend to be more mobile than the general population. Even the people that feel like they may be a little bit, uh, you know, stiff or something like that, maybe a little bit loose jointed uh, than, than we think. Dave Tilly, everybody, welcome to the show. Awesome mid episode, I love it. It's good. It's a good. It's a good one for you. So, Dave, I mean, I, I, I want to send a huge apology to the to the crowd. So I have to re- repeat the question again for Dave. But I'm just kidding, Dave. All right, so Dave, this is a good question for you actually. So, Zach from Troy says, when dealing with athletes who have extreme range of motion demands for their sport, how do you go about loading them in the end ranges of motion? That's a good question. So, oh, yeah. um. So Pope, Pope, why don't why don't you start this one? Because I know, like you know, you have some good experience in this area. And then Dave, I gosh, I know you're gonna have you know some really good experience with this with gymnasts. Okay. And then obviously, you know, you know, Lenny and I with baseball. Why don't we why don't we start with Dan and and Dave can start um, getting his blood pressure down, but getting prepared for. <laughs> hey Dave, thanks. Well, I I um I guess the athletes I have most experience with are gonna be Olympic weightlifters. Um, I don't know that people often think that Olympic weightlifters need extreme mobility, but you kind of do. You have to have a ton of overhead range of motion. You have to be able to squat super deep. Um, and then you're also at end range when you're catching heavy, heavy loads, right? So I do think that end ranges of motion are a little bit more stressful on the joint than maybe, let's say, mid-range, right? So those end ranges tend to be the areas where people get hurt. So catching a snatch, right? Sometimes the shoulder gets hurt, sometimes a hit, knee, whatever it is. 
Um, and the survey data even shows that people coming out of the hole in the squat, that's where people tend to get hurt, right? So two things. Uh, one, we have to be really um, conscious of the total exposures in those positions. So I'm talking more from a coaching perspective when you're trying to prevent injuries and not necessarily rehab. You have to be really conscious of the amount of the exposures there, right? So we make sure that we have a consistent amount every week. We don't have big spikes. So we're not, we're not putting ourselves in a position where we're overexposing that area, overusing that area. Um, the other thing is that you have to get super strong in those positions too. So I think it's a big time balancing act for these folks because they have to get really, really strong in these positions. It's important for performance and also injury prevention, right? But if we overuse those positions, we also run into trouble as well, right? Uh, so for me, I think that's a good opportunity to take, uh, take advantage of periodization. So maybe in your off season, you're temporarily unloading these positions and then you start ramping up over the course of time. Uh, you might have accessory programs once or twice a week where you are trying to strengthen the end range of the shoulder. Let's say you're working on uh, waiter's walks um, or you're working on snatch balance or something along those lines where you're really strengthening the shoulder at the end range. You're working on things like Paul squats, repairing the bottom position of squat really well. Uh, but we're also being very judicious with the application of these exercises. We're not just throwing a ton of these movements without thinking about how the entire program uh, operates, you know, together, I guess. Keepers, yeah. Dan, you always come in like, like very humble, like, well, I mean, I guess I could answer this. And then you just lay the law down, right? <laughs> I mean, just, just like pure wisdom right there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I think Dan, Dan's got a very, you know, from the Olympic lifting section of this that makes total sense to get like some strength at like end range in these positions and stuff like that that makes total sense um and i would include that as extreme end range to an extent i think that's that's super important um gymnasts on the other hand maybe a little bit different right maybe a little different approach dave how, how do you approach getting these these athletes stronger at their end range of motion yeah, I'll go with the lower body because Dan covered the uh, upper body so well. So in gymnastics, the two ones that are most commonly thought about are like the lower back and then the hip, right? So the spine being um, overextension causes the facet joints to become irritated. You get a spondy fracture, a stress fracture. And I think for that, it, it comes down to exposure, which is a huge one that Dan talked about too, is like when you add up how many times a gymnast may backbend, right? During a practice or during a training week, it's crazy. It's just like with you guys and throwing. And I think Dan probably has that too with overhead positions like it can quickly stack up way more than you're ready for. So exposure is a big part of it. But for me, I think that um, it's all about trying to find other joints to try to take some of the load off, right? So maximizing the the hip, the, the thoracic spine and the shoulder are going to help deload that area. The one that's funky in gymnastics is the hip is because if you look like ballet or, or, you know, gymnastics or dance, they have really extreme ranges of motion and the types of injuries that you get with the femoral neck fulcruming on like the superior lateral edge or kind of causing some labral stuff is compression based. And so for those athletes, it's really about maximizing the soft tissue flexibility and trying to spare the laxity of the joints like the iliofemoral capsule and stuff like that that's where people get into problems is they they aren't aware that you can be loose and tight at the same time and something i learned from mike and lenny in the baseball world is you can have a very stiff adductor complex and a very stiff rectus fem while still have a super lax hip capsule and that can cause micro instability of, of pinching on the wall so i think those are we can't screen the hip like we can the shoulder but we have to really have a good idea of radiology and some done angles and some different things that we can look at what's what. That's awesome, Dave. Good, good. Uh, I mean, great tips there from, from probably a sport that has the most extreme ranges of motion, right? Because they have the ability to use that range of motion and then that's part of their competition. They have to do that. Right. Um, Len, how about, how about you in baseball? What's our approach to, to, to loading people at end range in baseball? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, we do some. I mean, I'm, we we definitely. I think our for us in baseball, the shoulder is inherently a, a loose joint, so it's a little easier than the shoulder, but I mean, than the hip. So we use a lot of rhythmic staves at end range, even starting off early post op. You know, putting them at end range, external rotation, uh, internal rotation, different different um, degrees of abduction, and really working on the rhythmic stabilization to try to don't let me move. You stabilize that ball in the socket. Um, because of that micro instability that Dave talked about that occurs in the hip, it happens even more so in the shoulder joint. So we're trying to do everything we can to keep that uh, humeral head within the glenoid. So whether it's a closed chain position, again, doing some rhythmic stays, so don't let me move you. So a closed chain position is going to really approximate humeral head within the glenoid and then progressing to, you know, not a closed chain position. So open chain, so to speak, some rhythmic staves. And then even I like to use, uh, like uh, take an approach from like Dan, or even what Dave would do for the gymnasts and, and crossfitters and powerlifters is use some kettlebells and maybe get into an overhead position and in a, in a stable position. So I'll put them supine, maybe lying on the floor and holding something, or if they're doing some kind of kettlebell walk, uh, and then maybe doing a little rhythmic state in that position as well. So again, you're getting the approximation of the joint and then they have to stabilize. So that's some ways that I, I like to do it as well. But then, yeah, we're also we're also doing some pretty heavy lifts. I'm not doing Olympic lifting with our guys, but I'm, I think anything that involves, you know, uh, some kind of pull, some kind of deadlift, I, I really love. And I think cumulatively, the cumulative effects of doing all this stuff is going to cause just overall strength within the within the system. So I think just all that combined together, I think, is critical. All right. So I want, I, I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian here, although I think you nobody said no. But and then you all kind of said something else, which is kind of interesting. So I think I'm going to I'm going to be a contrarian yet agree with everybody, which is going to be. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Uh, but, <laughs> but how about this for me? Here's, here's what we learned in baseball a little bit here about loading at end range. This is what we're seeing a little bit here. A lot of people in baseball right now are loading an end range with weighted balls. Right. And what they're doing is they're applying that loaded end range with a weighted implement to try to get more load at that end range to build strength at that end range to build some load right there. And you know what I think we've noticed happen is that it actually destabilized them because it was the end range of the motion and they worked on either loosening or damaging their static stabilizers or desensitizing the GTO, whatever it may be in that position. Um, and it just, it just makes me wonder, you know, one, the concept of strength training in general, but two, the concept of end range. Uh, we're seeing things where people are getting the end range and then forcing into more range of motion, which like, man, that's like, like Dave kind of mentioned, that's like really, that's, you know, you're going to have like, you know, Sarman's whole concept of, of like, of, of the relative stiffness where you're just going to get compensation. Something, something's going to happen. You're going to jam the, it's your end range, right? So, you know, we've learned things with like the concept of strengthening where if you strengthen throughout the, a good amount of the range of motion, that's where you're going to get carryover. That's where you're going to get it. But in this position, I don't think I necessarily need strength. I think I need dynamic stability and I need end range control, not load. And I think that's a big difference right here. And believe it or not, I think all of you said that, even though you didn't. So, you know, how do you define load, right? But I think everybody wants to load. They want to get to end range using baseball. Let's use let's use gymnasts because this is absurd, right? Let's say you want to get – that's like getting them into a max prone extension and then trying to extend more. Yeah. That makes no sense, right? Like, we would never do that. Yeah, with, like, with velocity <laughs> load. Like, that, that, it's not that they need to develop load in that position. They need to be able to control getting into that position and stabilize if they get into that position. So I actually think we're overdoing the concept of loading at end range. 
Dan, I think probably said it best, but I also think like, that's like the least end range. Like we're talking about overhead. That's like, that's like the end range of like your normal motion, right? So you should be strong and stable in that position. But again, even when you snatch, there's, there's all the generation, right? And then control it's load control right? You got to like, think of it that way. It's not necessarily how strong can I get here? Can I jam it back into more extension, but can I stabilize in this position? Right? So anybody, I mean, am I wrong? I have, yeah. I just, one thing I know that Dan, <laughs> Dave's like, yeah, yeah. you are no, wrong. No, no, you're right. You're right. No, there's something I know we all do that I think we, we missed over and like Dan and the gymnasts do this a ton. And I know baseball, it is crazy how much like prep drills and like, like, technical work and strength like there's so much prep work in olympic lifting before you snatch real heavy and like there's so much like tempo pause eccentrics with squatting and overhead pressing that i think olympic lifters gymnasts do a ton of eccentrics to prepare their joints for end range like slow like guys will do slow tempo dips from like the age of four to like 30 before they ever do something crazy right there's so many years of extreme preparation that goes before they would just bounce dips at end range to further shoulders so that's all i want to say yeah, that's and it's it's a great point. I just I feel like just right now the trends right now, at least in social media, it's getting the end range, forcing it into more end range, right? And okay. I think yeah, it definitely looks. Cool. I think a lot of people that know me like know that I don't love the sleeper stretch for baseball players because you get the end range and just jam, you just torque the thing out of it. So I think a lot of people are going to regret all this end range of motion torquing they're doing on their hips in a few years, I think that's going to come back to bite a lot of athletes. I think we're pushing that a little bit too much. I think the same thing would happen to the spine and the shoulder if you're doing that, right? Like, so I, I feel like the concept of loading an end range is a bit overplayed, right? I just, I, let's, let's get as strong as we can within the functional range of motion and then be able to control and stabilize end range. I don't know. That's, that's, that would be my goal. Dan? This is, this is probably just too much here, but I, th I think for a lot of folks, <laughs> the stiffness is protective, right? And we're right. talking about getting stronger, stronger, stable back here. Of course, we need to be able to prepare the positions that need to be loaded. But the other part is like, we we might want some stiffness, you know, that might be a good thing to have a little bit of stiffness protects the joint, you know. Um, so know. It's end range for a reason, right? <laughs> it's end range for a reason. Right. So it's either osseous or it's protective from capsule or something like that. We're not talking about somebody with a restriction in their mobility in mid range and we're trying to get them back to normal. We're talking about end range. And I think, I think that's the big difference. So I may be wrong. I may change my mind. If so, we'll do a future podcast episode. It'll be fantastic. But I don't know. I just, I, maybe that's just, that's nomenclature because again, I think you guys all talk about loading end range, but I think we all said the same thing, even though it was, you know, loading. I think it's more about control and stabilization than actually loading and, and getting there. What I don't want to see people is people like laying on their stomach and just being like, trying to get, you know, end range load. Like, no, that's like, I, ooh, I just kind of cramped. I don't even know what muscle cramped right there, right? <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to do that, right? So I don't know, something to keep in mind. So great question. Thank you so much. Another good episode. I appreciate it. Good feedback from everybody. Thanks, Dave, for joining us. We appreciate it. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, and keep, keep asking. Head to Mike Reynolds, click on the podcast link and fill out the form, ask us some questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, rate and review on, on Spotify and iTunes. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. 
There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.